Hey guys, it's Keon, and today I'm back with some more hot takes. If you have hot takes yourself, please put them in the comments down below, because if I like them, I will cover them in the next video. But for now, let's cover some hot takes for this video, and we'll start with the first one. Hot take, Volk has absolutely no chance against Islam. Islam is much bigger and stronger, much higher level of wrestling slash grappling. Yes, Alex is short and stocky, and that works for him in terms of takedown defense, but realistically, he needs a KO. Considering his last finish was Mendez four years back, not including the Korean Zombie, didn't really finish him, although of course he was going to win, and Islam has a strong chin. I just don't see Volk having any real chance at winning. He's pound for pound right now though, so maybe I'll be proven wrong. Well. I guess I do disagree that he has absolutely zero chance, especially because this user said that he needs a KO in order to win, and that's definitely possible from Volkanovski. Yes, his last actual finish was against Chad Mendez four years ago, but the guy still hits pretty hard, and who knows, maybe he'll be able to clip Islam, and Islam has been clipped before and knocked out. So. Who knows? Maybe that could happen if it does. Huge. But I do agree with that's probably Volkanovski's only chance at winning. I get that Volkanovski has been looking very good as recent. Not just very good. Absolutely dominated his opponents. For him to not only dominate the Korean zombie like the way he did, but also Max Holloway goes to show that he's on another level right now. The problem is that Volkanovski did this against strikers. He didn't do this against a high-level wrestler like Islam Makhachev. And personally, I just think matchup-wise, it's not favorable for Volkanovski to not only dominate in this fight, but to even win. I think, like what the user said, the best chance is for Volkanovski to get that knockout. If he's able to keep it on the feet and strike with Islam, of course, yeah, I definitely think that's in favor for Volkanovski and he'll win the fight that way. But with how good Islam is with his wrestling, I don't see that happening. I see him being able to take down Volkanovski and just mauling him for most of this fight. To be honest, I could see this going down much similarly to when Islam fought Charles. Charles, very good on the feet. I would say Alex is better, but still very solid on the feet. Charles has proven to be in his most recent fights before Islam, but his entire striking game was negated because he was always worried about the takedown. And I feel like that's what's going to happen for Volkanovski in this fight. He's not going to be able to implement his stand up because he's always going to try to defend the takedown and maybe he'll defend takedowns here and there but after a while of just constant pressure from Islam whose gas tank is just next level I don't think he'll be able to defend all of the takedowns and eventually the mauling is just going to be too much because see the thing is people don't also consider that it's not just Islam's wrestling, it's Islam's pressure, constant pressure. The guy's always pressing forward and just watching that is tiring in itself. I could imagine how it's only not only difficult to keep up with that, but just think about what his opponent is going to do. Like, what's the game plan at this point? Basically, everything is out of the water when 
you're on thin ice and you're just trying to defend yourself. And that's the way Islam fights all the time. So I don't see that any different when it comes to him fighting Alexander Volkanovsky. And because of that, yeah, you know what? I do slightly agree with this take in that it's going to be quite a dominant win for Islam Makashev, even though Alex, not Alex Oliveira, Alex, Alexander Volkanovsky is the best right now, pound for pound best. But I think Islam is going to prove that he's on another level in their fight this coming Saturday. So I look forward to it. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Alexander does shock us and proves us wrong. It proves me wrong, at least, you know, because the guy has done that quite a bit in his career. So we'll see what happens. Next hot take is that Tony Ferguson would have beaten Khabib. I agree with this hot take. I know a lot of people like to say, oh man, good thing that fight didn't happen. If it did, Habib would have absolutely dominated him. And this was, this began, this began to be the narrative once Tony lost to Justin Gaethje. But at this point, Tony was no longer in his prime. Tony in his prime, and what I consider Tony in his prime was prior to that wire cable trip where he got injured and had to get surgery prior to that surgery that's Tony in his prime even in his fights against Anthony Pettis and Donald Cerrone I don't think that was the Tony of old I think he kind of digressed after that surgery so that's when I would like to say Tony was no longer the same Tony but before that man this guy was at an all-time high his momentum was at an all-time high and Habib's momentum yes it was climbing up but Tony was the a-side at this point in my opinion so I feel like in the first three fights that were booked between Tony and Habib I think Tony had a great chance at winning those fights just based on how much momentum he had on his side like I said Habib had that too but I don't know, man. I feel like you had to be there when Tony was at his peak because when it was happening, it was unbelievable. The guy was just next level fighter. And it's a shame we never got to see that version of Tony fight Habib because even if he was to lose, I think he would have gave, he would have given Habib a lot of problems in a matchup, in a fight. So I do agree with this take. I think... If Tony was to fight Habib in the first three times the UFC booked their fight, he would have won. But in the next two, which I think were after Tony's surgery, that's when I think Habib would have beaten him quite easily too. But prime Tony would have probably beaten Habib and if not, would have given him a hard time. Next hot take. GSP winning the belt over Bisping is incredibly overrated. Beating one of the worst champs ever and then retired when dudes like Prime Yoel, Young Bobby Knuckles, and Weidman were running rampant. I know that he retired due to ulcerative. <laughs> I don't even know how to read this. <laughs> ulcerative? Ulcerative? Ulcerative. That's embarrassing. I don't even know how to read, man. Ulcerative colitis. <laughs> 
<laughs> but dude, Zach, like, would have been running the division for years if he hadn't retired. I don't think people were acting like he would have ran the division for years if he didn't retire after beating Bisping. But uh, I do agree with this. As a GSP fan, love the guy. Never thought he should have came come back for, from his initial retirement as the welterweight champion to come back, move up to middleweight and fight Bisping. But when it did happen, I saw the same thing. I thought this was very favorable for GSP. He was moving up to 185 once Anderson Silva was no longer the champion. Like how come he wasn't doing this when Anderson was at the top? Uh, was doing this against Michael Bisping, who like what this user said, wasn't the best middleweight out there compared to some other middleweights because Bisping, great fighter, but things just worked out for him perfectly. And even as the champion had to defend his belt against an old Dan Henderson, it was just like things. It wasn't a true championship reign like some others. I feel like they really sugarcoated it for Michael because he was with them for so long. He's a fan favorite and it was close to the end of his career. So they said, you know what, let's give him the royal treatment. And that's why they made this fight between him and GSP, because it was going to be a big fight. Michael deserved a big fight and GSP had he won. It was going to make him a double champion, not a simultaneous double champion, but two divisions. You know what I mean? Regardless, I do agree that this was an overrated win by George St. Pierre. People are not going to look back at his career and be like, wow, he was the welterweight champion and the middleweight champion. Like those two championship reigns, like the middleweight championship wasn't even a reign. His legacy, George's legacy was all at welterweight. So even without that middleweight belt, I feel like I still judge George's career based on his run at welterweight. Don't get me wrong. Having that accolade of winning two belts in two different divisions is huge and looks great on the resume, but I just don't think that middleweight championship win holds great value due to what this person said. He had to fight Michael Bisping for it. And even in this fight, George was starting to face troubles. I think it was in that third round. When was the finish? Third round, fourth round? But I think it was the third round. Um, George was starting to tire out and Bisping seemed like he was tagging him and was beginning to gain momentum in that fight. And it was just like, bro, had George not gotten the finish when he did, I think he would have lost that fight. So even then, it was still a difficult fight for him against Michael Bisping, who great fought, <laughs> great father, great fighter, solid, but there were other better, better middleweights at this point. And that's another thing. George retired right after he won the belt. He wasn't going to fight Bobby Knuckles. Well, I don't even, <laughs> I called him Bobby Knuckles because I can't remember his name. Robert Whitaker, uh, Yoel Romero. George wasn't going to fight these guys. So that's why I agree with this take. As much as I love George St. Pierre, his run at middleweight, his one fight at middleweight in the UFC was overrated. Yes, looks good on paper, but if you really delve into it, it wasn't as impressive as 
some make it out to be maybe not many make it out to be like that but i just i don't know i don't know how to feel about that i really focus mostly on george's run as a welterweight champion which is where he did the best work of his career middleweight was just kind of like a cherry on top nice good outcome but in the end of the day it didn't really hold much value in regards to being a champion does that make sense i don't know how to put it in words but i agree with this take next take conor mcgregor is simultaneously the best and worst thing to ever happen to the ufc and mma as a whole agreed i feel like a lot of people can agree with this i don't think anyone is going to be like oh he was um he was only good for the sport oh he was only bad for the sport i think right in the middle makes a lot of sense because the good he brought a lot of eyes to the sport that's huge he made the company into a billion dollar company um he put on some amazing fights was one of the most entertaining fighters of all time he did a lot of good for this sport but he also did a lot of bad in regards to getting the treatment the special treatment from the ufc and that included him boxing when the ufc wasn't okay with any other fighter doing that and when connor went boxing he held up two divisions when that happened and because of it we had a fighter like tony ferguson never claiming his rightful undisputed championship he should have been that when connor was gone but the ufc wanted connor to keep those belts because it looked good when he was going to box floyd mayweather so it was just like there was a lot of bad things i feel like also the ufc became way more money oriented because of connor became way more greedier um yeah like i there's good and i'll also say one good thing that connor did he helped raise the pay for up-and-coming fighters i think that's a great thing but then there's also bad things he also has done so many bad things outside of the cage and the ufc has promoted it like the bus incident it's just like there's so many i can make a list of the good things that connor did and the bad things that connor did so i agree with this take completely it wasn't all good from him it wasn't all bad it was right in the middle and i guess that's what you're gonna get with such a popular figure like conor mcgregor it's going to be controversial there's going to be good and bad so good hot take i think this is something most people would agree with hot take if aljo goes up to 145 he becomes champion i disagree i don't think uh aljo has a good chance at becoming champion at featherweight for example, if he fights Volkanovski for the belt, I see Volkanovski beating him nine times out of ten, personally. Um, levels. There's just levels to this, and I don't think Aljo is at the level of Volkanovski, but Aljo is still a very good fighter, and because of that, I feel like he would, find, he would still find a lot of success at 145. The only problem is that he's not the biggest bantamweight already, so him moving up to 145... He's going to be fighting some oversized featherweights up there. Like, imagine if he goes up against a Max Holloway. That size advantage would be brutal. But, hey, you know what? Maybe matchup-wise, stylistically, 
he has he has a lot of benefits by being a strong wrestler so if he was to fight a max holloway or a yair rodriguez maybe he'll find success because he could bring the fight down hold them there and get the win that way but personally i don't think his skills would be enough to become an undisputed champion at featherweight maybe an interim champion if he got into that mix but undisputed is kind of tough to say with alexander volkanovsky at the top and then you also have really good up-and-comers as well in this division so i don't think aljamain would become a champion at 145 but i do think he would do very good in that division but what do you think of these hot takes do you agree do you disagree are you in the middle if you have some hot takes yourself put them in the comments down below and i'll be sure to check them out but that's a lot for now so i'll see you in my next one Bye bye